ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Figa podcast. My name is Alfredo. I'm here tonight with uh, with my my usual crew, my my partners in crime, Cristiano Oliveira. You guys are gonna have to excuse me today because I have this paper bag over my my face right now. But uh, nonetheless, it's still me under here, guys. <laughs> Dave the Oliveira doesn't have a paper bag, but he does have a dude that would make a lot of people envy. Envy. What's happening? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a good uh, therapy session tonight, I feel. Uh, it's uh, going to be a lot of voicing of our uh, displeasure of what we uh, saw yesterday, but uh, always good to be back on as well. Yeah, let's work into that. Um, so we have tons to talk about, three games to talk about to recap and, and one to look forward to. Uh, so Portimonense, Rio Ave, and Lyon. Uh, those were the, the the games that have been played since the last time we recorded. Uh, and then we have Santa Clara, which comes up this weekend, which is Benfica's next game before another international uh, break again. Uh, anyway, uh, so I guess before we really get into the negative, let's let's start with, with some highlights and, and certainly the game against Portimonense and the game against Riwav. Uh, or a little bit of the improvement that we had that we had seen. So let's start with the Portimonense game. Uh, Benfica um, hosted Portimonense or Stade Luz uh, midweek, I think was what, uh, Wednesday of last week. Vlaco Dimos was in goal, Almeida Dias, Jardel and Grimaldo, Samaris and Gabriel, Jetson on one side, Servi on the other side of the midfield, Chiquinho behind uh, Vinicius. Um, this... <laughs> I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. But I wanted to start with with, with Samaris. How does Cristiano? And, and we we've argued this, and, and and we've speculated this. How does a guy go? Um, and, and there was already an explanation by by Lodge in terms of you know guys that go from the bancada to the to the to the starting eleven. But how does a guy go? Um, from the stands, from not be, even being confocado to the starting 11. I mean, is the, is he that confident in this squad that that could provide him the quality that he needs, uh, that he could just alternate like that? I, I think it's a little bit of what we went through with the last coach. Cabal Passaporta, <laughs> You know what I mean? And these guys, <laughs> this one more frequently than others. Yeah, it just listen, man. I, I, I totally don't understand. I think when we try to read into some of Bruno Lodge's decisions lately, I, I think it's just leaving a lot of us scratching our heads because we don't understand what he does from from one week to another. Uh, we think some some players um, should warrant more minutes in one competition, and it comes out with another uh, another starting eleven. I just don't understand what's going on with somebody. This guy was such a key part in Benfica's turnaround last season to to to, to make up the seven point deficit for, to Football Club Porto and ultimately win uh, win the championship. And now, from day one, guys, I mean, we talked about this in pre uh, in our very first podcast, if I'm not mistaken, that he really didn't even get any minutes in play, in, in preseason because it's all about Florentino, and it's just you went from being number one to being a backup, 
to all of a sudden losing minutes. Being the water boy. And losing minutes to a guy that, according to all news and rumors, Benfica, you know, spent the whole summer transfer when they're trying to get rid of him, and then he became a backup to Fasia. It's just like, I don't understand. Yeah. He that, went from being the man to, to just being someone in the stands that's, you know, part that, of the team and uh, is there to make up the numbers. Yeah, look, I, I don't have anything against Samadish. I, I don't think anybody has anything against Samadish. I think that you, you can never question uh, what the guy's effort is when he comes in and plays. Uh, yes, he's had good moments. Yes, he's he has good games like anyone else. But to go from 8 to 80 uh, in terms of not being Konfkad to being in a starting lineup, it's huge. Um, Laj explained this as he wants to have more offensive options when he makes the Konfkad. But see, but I, I'm glad that you're bringing up all these facts now. And Dave, go in the archives, right? <laughs> yeah. Because pull up the file. Go in the archives because when we sat here on this very podcast, you, myself, Dave, with our good friend, our partner in crime, Steve Santos, and I question why in hell did you resign Samadis if he wasn't going to be a first team option? And you guys all told me that he was good. And I said, I don't question whether he's good. It just makes no sense. If he's not going to be a starter, you shouldn't have resigned him. Now you're coming at me. Well, you know, he needs a more offensive option. What the hell? Ha- what, what, what Lodge thought all of a sudden over the summer with the renewing his contract, he's going to become more offensive. I mean, the guy was what he was already. Benfica should have known whether this guy was going to be a part of Bruno Lodge's rotation or he wasn't. And if the, the ultimate decision at the end of the day was, look, he's going to be a backup that's used sparingly, let him walk. Because it makes no sense in bringing him back. And now we see the guys in the stands half the time. You don't understand why. What was it? They were afraid he's going to walk across, you know, get in a, in a, in a, in a training and go up north of Boca do Porto? I mean, what was why resign this guy if you if your intention wasn't to play him? Because again, Alfredo, he wasn't going to miraculously overnight or over a two month uh, period in the summer going to learn how to play attractive offensive style soccer. Just wasn't going to happen. He was what he is. I'm I'm concerned that the Samadhi signing became somewhat of a of a fan to appease the fans, right? Because. Um, up until Gabriel got hurt, there, there was a lot of questioning on whether or not what what could Samadish give to this team, right? Because Faisa was was obviously uh, up in a pecking order above Samadish uh, before he got injured, uh, and then Samadish came in, uh, Befikis through and through, fan favorite, a guy that's a presence in a locker room, a guy that took the time to to learn Portuguese, yada 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 yada. Um, so. At the end of the season and after Gabriel went down and Samadish came in and gave his contribution and, and after a couple of games he started playing well after building up that rhythm, there was definitely a movement from the fans to sign Samadish, to keep Samadish. At that point, was that a signing to appease the fans or do you think that really large counted on Just it? like I mentioned to you a minute ago. Were they afraid that he was going to go away to Porto? Because there was rumors that Porto was interested. When I mean, he was flirting with the idea of possibly leave walking away on a free. We don't know if there was an agent. We don't know. We don't. But still, but whether it was an agent pressure or not, did did that mess into Benfica's thinking? I, I think so. I think that's where I think that's where they uh, they gave him the the, the re- contract renewal and maybe just a little bit of. Uh, 
of a, a bonus for him for the hard work that he did put in at the end of the season where he was a cast off. Same thing uh, like last year and the year before. This guy was in the stands uh, most of the time, not even on the bench, uh, mind you, under a different manager. But uh, it is shocking to see that the same thing is happening now again this season under uh, Bruno Lage. But uh, I think it was more one to keep him away from our, our main rivals and, and be uh, to reward him for uh, what he did down the stretch uh, and ultimately winning us uh, a championship. And then you think about Bruno Lage's reasoning for not playing because he wants to play a more offensive player, right? And, and he's replaced with Florentino, who gives you absolutely nothing going forward, who gives you less than he does actually going forward. And yeah. Feja, you know, Feja doesn't give you nothing going forward either. So, I mean, what, what, which one is it? Well, he, here's my thing, right? As Bruno Lage at the end of the preseason, he, he, he's or during, towards the end of the preseason, he sits down with his staff, has a big list of players on his on his whiteboard, blackboard, red board, whatever, whatever it is. And, and you're looking at the depth chart, right? So I write back Andre Almeida, uh, Tavares, uh, Ebui, uh, <laughs> whatever. You think he has uh, George Jesus hard drive? <laughs> He's got. I don't know what he has. He doesn't have the hard drive. But but let me uh, let me just finish this. Um, obviously, Servi Fesa, Zivkovic, and Svilar were guys that were reported as guys that Benfica had on the list of expenses, right? On the list to to let go, right? And Servi. Well, yeah. Oh, you mentioned him? Fesa, Servi. Um, Svilar, Svilar and Zivkovic. Okay, you mentioned that. Those, those were the four guys that supposedly Benfica was going to let go. Faisa, uh, we talked about here some, some rumors in him going to Turkey. The deal didn't come through. At what point do these guys, and I understand that the Toj Konton, everybody counts for the large statement, but at what point do these guys go from being guys that are on the outs, right, to guys that are now above the guys that are already there. And when we talk Faisa, Faisa clearly above Made somebody. Made his against then started the very next game on Tuesday right. against Leipzig in the first Champions League game of the season. Same thing with Servi, making his debut. It's just, you don't understand somebody's Servi above Jota. Yes. Obviously. When, when, he, when he was on his way out, at least. Right. The least the Spencer's. Yes. Makes no sense. The only one that is. Svilar. Svilar was yeah, The really... only one that's really kind of fallen. To, well, Zivkovic, we haven't seen Zivkovic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. Uh, but Svilar is. His you know, third option. Whatever. Third option. And we all agree that he right. should have gone out on loan. And he's actually playing out on a he B team. He is on loan. Basically. Basically. But he, at least he's getting his minutes on a B team. But the other three guys. We thought, at least for sure, two of them were going to be gone. Feja, we thought, was gone for sure because now you got Florentino, you got you had a uh, 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 Gabriel, you had Samaris. You renew Samaris, you're like, bro, there's only room for one of them. Samaris and Feja, which one's going to win the battle? Yeah. Well, they renewed Samaris. Feja's gone. And all of a sudden, Feja is, uh, you know, is ahead of ahead order? of the like. It's it's really really hard to try to come here on a week to week basis and try to answer some of these questions because I can't give you an honest opinion because what I would do is totally different or like my think or like the, 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 the general thinking that, you know, you're accustomed to seeing how things go on a team based on playing order, based on stature. And you just right now, you, you can't put your finger on this because you don't understand what the hell is going on, what yeah. the thinking of the club is from starting lineups, from from which players even are convocados from one day to the next, which competition is taken seriously. You just 
it, yeah. it just that that whole train of thought is thrown out the window. The, the only explanation I have uh, for uh, Fasia getting uh, more minutes than Samadis is is strictly business, unless they're trying to showcase him, uh, like we've seen uh, earlier this uh, year in the Champions League, and now they're trying to showcase him and get more uh, eyeballs on him to potentially sell him in the winter time. That would be the only reason I reasoning for. Uh, having him get more minutes than Samadis at this point is just to to showcase him. Yeah, I mean, Christiana, you touch up on a great point. There's decisions that are being made. Uh, in in look, I, I'm I'm a very big benefit of the doubt type of guy, uh, and obviously the guy works with these players, sees these players on a weekly basis. So obviously he has more insight as to what guys are ready, what guys are more useful, what guys are going to fit what roles than, than the general public is going to have. But still, a lot of the decisions don't make sense. Don't make sense. Because, again, you can try and go ahead, give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, he sees these guys every week in training. You don't, Chris. Okay, fine. But he still has them on the shopping window. He has them on the transfer list. And then the minute the transfer list passes, Okay, now you're a starter. Like, it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like you go, okay, look, you didn't leave. We're going to give you some minutes. We're going to try to give you some minutes. No promises, but I'm going to try to get you on the field whenever I can. So, right now, look, it, it's between so and so, and you're a backup, you know, but okay. Fine. Well, no, no, no. Liga. No, he goes, he goes from Spensado to starter, not to like <laughs> you're going to get some minutes. In, in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> no less. But anyway, that we'll get there soon. I didn't want to get too far away. Uh, uh, but again, every time I see somebody jumping from uh, the bancada to the starting 11, it leaves me scratching my head, man. Um, and and like, as I said, I don't have anything against somebody. I think that somebody brings a lot to the team and could be a lot more useful to this team than he's currently uh, is. Uh, being used, right? And again, if he's picking up some injuries that we don't know about, that's not reported, okay, because the very next game, the very next two games, he's not even Konkata. <laughs> he goes from starting, he goes from not being Konkata to starting to not being Konkata. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see Zivkovic come come from the from the Bancada. But yeah, I don't even know if he goes. Please, don't give him any ideas. To the Bancada. To the starting lineup. I would love to see that. At but, what point are we going to be right, able to see that? Because now, following the same logic, but right now, that's I mean, if the next game he plays, this is what it's going to be. He's going to go front of my. I mean, the guy hasn't even made a roster. And God, God knows how long now. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. You know those people that uh, you haven't seen them for such a long time that you forget what they look like. That's me with Zivkovic. I've I've forgotten what Zivkovic looks like. Uh, anyway, I like I said, I didn't want to get too far from from this game, but you did. Uh, and I did, and I, it, it's going to be a show of tangents and, and of rants and of and of just a therapy session, as Dave mentioned. Um, but I have to, to to look at this game, and, and it's 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 somewhat encouraging to see some improvements, right? I think that Shikinu behind Vinicius is is a little bit of a piece that we needed. Uh, Shikinu is nowhere near Jean Felix's talent. Uh, but he's a guy that moves well between lines, and he offers a lot of options between lines. And I think that's what improved uh, Benfica's game. Also, uh, the high press, 
uh, that we had last year where we were on top of got, we're on top of teams trying to recover the ball. And once we recovered the ball, we went forward. Some of that, I've started to see some of that in moments in games. Um, and I thought that, that Benfica had a, had a decent half against Prutimnes, uh, controlling the game, creating some chances uh, against a, a team that has very good individualities in Prutimnes. Um, saved by Vlaco Dimush early on in the game, uh, really could have could have changed the 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 route the game was going to go, uh, but nonetheless, Almeida gets a goal off of of a, of a set piece. Uh, uh, looks like a a very well organized and orchestrated uh, set piece. Um, and we uh, you know we go into the locker room one nothing. Uh, second second half, Ruben Diaz uh, gets an early goal, and I think that kind of uh, that loosened up the team. The team was playing well. Vinicius gets the third, then gets the fourth on two beautiful passes uh, by the uh, way. Grimaldo, fantastic feed to rip through the line, and then another fantastic pass with the outside of his foot from Chiquinho yeah. to get him in on goal. So credit and, to them. And and defensively, we you know we we played uh, we played well. Um, I thought that. Uh, after Laj recognized that the team could play better uh, and telling and making it publicly, um, making that statement publicly, I think that the team kind of loosened up. And, and of course, when you're winning two nothing and you're in control of the game, it tends to loosen you up, especially playing in front of your fans. So I thought that uh, that was actually this game against Portimonense and, and score score aside. Right, because sometimes score lines could be a little bit misleading. I thought it was an improvement from past games. It was smart on Bruno Lage to claim that the team's going to play better against two monkeys coming up. Well, I mean, it, well, it couldn't it couldn't get any worse than how they were playing against uh, Tondela. So I guess there is a, there was a, a noticeable improvement. At least that game was on the road, though. Yes, not that there's an excuse, but at least it's on the road at home. You're supposed to beat these teams, no doubt. Bro, things get a little bit more complicated. But look, at the end of the day, they picked it up. Uh, it was a lot better than what we'd seen in weeks uh, prior, uh, and it's important to get these guys uh, that have arrived on uh, that have arrived at the team with huge price tags on them, like Vinicius, getting on the score sheet. He had scored against Casa de Pia or whatever it's called, Cova de Piedad, I should say. Um, he had scored, and but you know people wanted to see him doing it in the Liga Nos, and he did so. So fantastic to see him do that. Glad to see Chiquinho get some minutes, which is another one. You talk about Samaris dumping from the stands and that, that, that this guy comes from being out three months and all of a sudden is back in the starting lineup and everybody like, you know, it's about easing things, getting the dude in, into the groove. But here, here, here's the thing, Chris, <laughs> but here's the thing, Chris, to everything that we've been saying in terms of logic. And, and one of the things that we've said when, and we've also said this on uh, time added on, we felt that the piece that was missing was that guy that plays behind to the forward to link everything up. And we always pointed, okay, well, it's either going to be Tarapt because that's Tarapt kind of natural position, or Shikinu can also play that role. But Shikinu was injured. We couldn't right. see that. So when she, and then it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that. Shikinu was injured. Florentino got injured for a little while. Samaris went to, to hiding. <laughs> Gabriel was also uh, injured. Hiding then came back. Gabriel got injured. So you kind of force things. Now you had to play when Trap did play. You had to drop back sometimes. I mean, it just look. I understand things got a little complicated for Bruno Lage and some of the decisions. But yes, as you stated, we were anticipating uh, Shikingu's return because we felt that he was one of the guys that could possibly play behind whichever of the three strikers. Uh, but Bruno Lage decided to go with whether it was Sferovic, Vinicius, or Tomas because clearly, clearly, 
none of those guys can play that false nine, that second striker role, that guy supporting the, the main striker with the box, yeah. up, you know, the guy with his back to the box, to the goal. And it's just it, it, something not to give. Jota got his minutes there. Didn't work. Tarap, for some reason, didn't work because he was playing up too, too, too far up the pitch. And at the time, with the Gabriel being injured, there was nobody in the middle of the field that could actually carry the ball and link those lines up. So he, you, you've seen him coming back too much, dropping back in order to get the ball to carry it up the field. And then the only other option was Chiquinho. And he came back. And I'm just, look, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's odd that a guy spends three months. We're not talking about Jonas, a guy that's got his spot on the team for the last three years. He's been absolutely clinical. He's been a linchpin. He's been, you know, a difference maker to, to winning games. This is a guy that just coming back off after Benfica, basically shipping him out with an option to buy because they sold him and they had an option to buy and they exercised. They brought him back. And so he gets injured. Now he comes back and it's like, boom. Started, it just goes to show you how the, badly the this roster is built. The def, the, the, that you the, got a guy that isn't even like, you know, world be coming off the shelf for three months, and here he is. Yo, we need you. That goes <laughs> the, the, the options. It just it's just a roster that if you look up and down the roster, it is not very well constructed. Yeah, the deficiencies uh that we pointed out, and one of them being that guy and, and Chiquinho being able to slot. Again, our logic was correct. Uh, so our logic that we usually state here on a podcast can't be too far from what the regular logic should be. And that's why sometimes it leaves yeah, me scratch uh, conventional my head. And it throws out the window because like, it just all of a sudden, like, no, I don't look. I don't know nothing. I, let me say another. Yeah. So uh, three points on that game. And next up was uh, this past weekend, Riwav uh, at Stade de Luz. Uh, again, uh, the last game in, in, the, in that horrible, horrible uh, grass. Um, so Riwav, I'll give you the lineup against Riwav. Just just a minor changes here. Uh, Vlaco Dimos in goal, Almeida, Dias Ferro in Grimaldo, Florentino and Gabriel in the midfield. Um, Pizzi on one side, Servi on the other, Chiquinho behind Vinicius. So, um, after the success that we had with Chiquinho and Vinicius against Portimonense, Laj uh repeated that double down on it. And uh, and look, um, I, I thought that the team played well. I think that the first perhaps uh 20 minutes, uh, they let Riwav play. Uh, and I think that once Laj made the adjustments and the team started pressing higher uh then we were able to get the the uh, wrestle the the control uh back from or get the, the control of the game because i don't think Riwav was having but but definitely Riwav was having their freedoms they were getting behind the defense uh and i think that the press uh the high press really allowed us to to gain get that momentum and, and get that so a good half by benfica with Laj making adjustments to press Riwav as i mentioned uh and but benfica dominated the rest of the half after they made that adjustment Come back from the half uh, um, after the the one goal that Ruben Diaz had scored in in the, in the first half, and and again thundering header after uh, after asinine after what seemed like asinine decision by the referee, who was contested very highly by 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 the fans and whistling him, and 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 it was kind of like an answer to the referee, like Toma, beautiful, powerful header off of off a of PZ corner to give Benfica the yeah. one nothing leading and kind of give him some breathing room because right after that, yeah, I thought. Under Almeida blew a tire. I I was really concerned for him when Nunu Santos got on his scooter and, and just sprinted by. Not him even on and, his scooter. And and hits hits the ball off the post. Mefica very fortunate not to go into the half uh, 
level that one. Yeah, absolutely. So we get back from the locker room, grab the second goal in the 51st minute. And I think that at that point, the team relaxed. So again, more domination for Benfica, team relaxed, team playing well. Again, nothing but improvements over the games that we had seen before this. So Portimonis provided some improvement. This game had a continuation uh, of an improvement. And, you know, the three points were deserved. So now we come out of this game and I said, okay, well, this team is finally looking up, right? We got the Champions League. We got an important game in Lyon. Lyon is not by far a team that's a team that's not out of our reach. I think that a team that of Benfica's caliber, and look, this is this is our thought before, or at least my thought before the game against Lyon. I thought that Benfica was going to have a harder time against Riwav than they were going to have against Lyon. Yeah, I was going to. I was saving that. I was because you were real stressed about the Riwav game. Yeah. Dave, remember he he, he emphasized that on multiple occasions. I'm really worried about Riwav. <laughs> Your boy PZ comes in. Second half, well, I thought, easy peasy, I thought Benfica was going to get five points out of the three matches. Uh-huh. That's what I thought because I thought they You're were going to uh, tie against Triwav and they were going to tie against Lyon. Lyon. Um, oui, oui, monsieur. But, uh, you know, so so heading into this Lyon game, I, I think that everybody has optimism. has optimism because of the improvement that the team has shown, right? Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll transition right into that Lyon game. <laughs> Vlako Dimush, um Tomas- just want to point out that that that. There was no Samaris <laughs> on the bench or in the stands. May might have been in the stands uh, for for these two following games. But go ahead. So Vlaco Dimos, Tomás Tavares, Ruben Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo, uh, Gabriel and Florentino, Jetson on one side, Servi on the other, Chiquinho and Vinícius. Here's the other thing that's baffling, right? Wow. And I know that that Pizzi hasn't been playing at his best or what we have grown accustomed to seeing and maybe Jetson bringing Jetson in is maybe, all right, well, we need to close up that space. There's some speed on, on the left side of, of Lyon and maybe Jetson comes in to help out Tomas Tavares. And as it turns out that right side of Benfica, left side of, of Lyon t- turned out to be like, like a highway, uh, like the Autobahn. Uh, So a lot of lot of struggle against Lyon and and again I I don't want to beat a dead horse but Benfica in Europe in these past three years has been absolutely atrocious. This is one of the topics that we discussed on Time Added On this uh, past week's Time Added On. But it is just it it's it's baffling. I know that there's a lot of people that are frustrated. A lot of sadness out there for for what this club this club has become the laughing stock of of Europe in these competitions. They've become that team that everyone hopes they draw. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like let's because whether it's a big team, they know it's an easy day out in the park, and then it's a smaller team, they have an opportunity to go beat right a team with a great history in European football and. Therefore, they have a glorious day for themselves. So it's the team everyone wants to face. Benfica, for some reason, it seems like this is in their head. It seems like they don't take this competition seriously. I don't know what it is, but it's small team mentality. Benfica starts this game off with their back line playing very deep. They were very scared to come out. It just seems like they conceded from minute one that they weren't going to take any type of chance. They were going to open up any 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 lanes for, for, for Lyon to attack and counterattack and surprise them, and they still get eaten alive. Yeah. I mean, they make decisions 
Bruno Lage, whomever the hell is making the decision, makes decision to field a lineup that's going to give them some defensive, uh, 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 some defensive uh, responsibility, some some assurances, some defensive assurances, I should say. And yet, this team gets beat like 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 it's nobody's business. It's just. Tomas Tavares just ball watching. I don't understand I, some of the decisions by some of these players and some of the decisions by the coaching staff. But as I've mentioned on Time Added On, as I mentioned on the Benfica podcast 50 million times, I want to see the best 11 fielded for whatever Champions League game. And I want to see this team go out there and eat grass. And it just doesn't seem like that attitude right now is what we're getting from the players. It seems like as if they've already accepted the feat prior to the, even the freaking ball kicking off. And it's very depressing as a Benfica because right now we are the laughing stock of European football. Yeah, I don't know if it's the message that's being conveyed. I, I don't know if it's the approach. I don't know if it's the game plan. That uh, I just think that this roster's been look majority of these guys, right? They've been together for a while now, two three years, right? And what's happened to Benfica in the last two three years in the Champions League? Absolutely nothing but embarrassment. Yeah. So I think that this is in their head, man. I think that this is really creeping up and, and, and confidence-wise is really starting to mess with these guys. I mean, think about the last time PZ got to you know, be a part of a win outside of IEK on well, Lyon the other day. But, you know, it's not too many in between. Yeah, I mean, if you, when you look at this starting lineup, and, and like I don't have anything personally against these players, but two of these, these guys one year ago were playing – B team ball. One dude was playing junior ball. And fast forward a year later, they're playing in the highest level of European club competition. Is and I'm not taking anything away from 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 Ferro or Florentino who were or good players, but are they mentally at the level or even in their maturity process at the level that Benfica needs needs their players to be for a competition like the Champions League. When you look at Benfica's past uh, Champions League campaign, and obviously we can't go back the past couple of years, but when you talk about uh, Amatich, uh, Enzo Perez, when you talk about uh, Rodrigo, uh, Rodrigo uh, Awitzo, I mean, we're, we're talking about further, guys but. that are right up there. I mean, granted, they're probably not going to be the best 10 player, top 10 players of, of the world, but they're guys that have had competition, that they've had experience, and they know how to handle atmospheres uh, like this and competitions like and this. And have experience and in a position like Absolutely. this. And look, and, and to make things worse, Ferro, uh, collides with yeah. with Flaco Dimas, fractures his nose, has to be subbed off in the 16th minute for, for Jardel. And uh according to, to reports, uh he's fine. He should do he should he probably be ready for the next game. Don't know if Benfica will give him a break or not. But you know if, if he need to go, if he needs to go, you know, I think he'd be able to go according to all reports. But let's look at this roster, Alfredo. Right? You're talking about, you know, some of the players and 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 whether you know they have experience or not. But let's look at this roster. I'm gonna take away out of the starting 11 that started against uh, Lyon yesterday, I'm going to take away three guys. Ruben Diaz, Ferro. Holy shit. 
and forget it because I was thinking about Rafa. Rafa's not even, Rafa's not because I have Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz and Ferro, right? You Are they starting guys. eleven? Are they starting a and Gabriel? Uh, I'm gonna take Gabriel out too because I think there's a lot more there. I just think that right now he's just I don't know after he just came back fat. I think he needs a good preseason um to to shed some pounds and and i still think he can regain some of that fantastic football because he has the ability so i'm gonna take away those three guys from the starting 11 name me but you take those guys away and you substitute them with guys no, 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 that have no, that no, we no, have no. on our current roster no no all right I'm, I'm playing. this is my rules take away these three guys tell me what are the guy on the pitch could play on a big team and throughout uh, the other top three four leagues in european football well you know i i know we've had this this conversation privately but i would say grimaldo I think Grimaldo is on a scale. If for Portuguese football, he's fantastic. But I think for European football, I just look, he's not great defensively. And going forward, he's not great going forward either. He's he's not great going forward. No, he's a six going forward. He's not great. He's a six. On a scale of one to ten, he's a six. Defensively, I think he's, he's more a four. Than a six. I don't know. You think he's more than a six? Going forward. He's a big he's a big liability at the back there. We can all agree on that. Thing. Sure. And Dave, and he's not lights out going forward. I mean, he does create some uh, offensive yeah. flair down the line. Six. He's not. He's, he's he's better than average, but he's not like oh my five, god. So five is an average for you. I must say five is average. So he's just above average. He's above average because if if he was fantastic, the way Benfica has been selling these guys like hot sausages, he would have been gone already. It's been a Benfica. Yeah, they, they might have. They might have now overplayed him to the point where the, yeah, these other teams are now seeing the liability that uh, that he he Good caused point. the defense. But let's roll with it. Let's roll. You know what? I'll give you Guillermo. Go ahead. I'm listening. Huh? No, I mean, if you take those guys, Diaz and Ferro, and understanding the potential that these guys have and what they've already accomplished at Benfica. Chiquinho, I think it's early. Uh, yeah, Chiquinho is early. Florentino, uh, listen, defensively, I think he's there. But the point is that, guys, we don't have the deep process that we've had in years past. The experienced players. The problem is before we not the problem, but before we had experienced players with a couple of youngsters sprinkled in. But youngsters that had experience at this level, national team level with the youngsters with Rodrigo playing, you know, Spain national team. The Maria's coming from 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 uh, Argentina. Same thing with the Enzos. We had veterans sprinkled in with some veteran uh, with uh, some youngster. Right now, I mean, what was it? <laughs> Average age of 22 the other day? Jardel, yeah. I think Before Jardel, Jardel came in. Oh, when Jardel came in, it was like 38. But <laughs> no, but Jardel is obviously the, the senior guy on the squad, right? <laughs> Along with Feja. But Jardel is definitely, I think Jardel is the oldest, right? Like 34. He is the oldest. Jardel has to be oldest after Jonas left. Yeah. yeah I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I have to think that. He, he, Jardel and Face are, are neck to neck, I think. No, um, I think Face is 31. Shout out those 34, bro. Right. Face is just his knees are 50. <laughs> <laughs> but I look, I, I think that yeah, I agree with you. But here's what it boils down to. And you know, I don't we didn't mean to to go around and you know the corner to just to get to this to this statement that I'm gonna have now, and you guys could either agree or disagree with me. This roster as it exists today is not Champions League caliber. Regardless of what coach you have, regardless of what the approach and attitude that's been had towards the Europa League, when you boil it down, you take everything away and you start looking at the talent that we have, individual position by position, these guys are not they're not good enough for Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think the world of Florentino, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I just don't think he's there yet. I think he's still too green. I don't think he's matured enough with the ball at his feet. He still has to develop that part of his game. Jetson. 
my boy, love him. It seems like he's something's happened to him. I don't know if he's lost his Ever confidence. Ever since you met him, the kid went yeah, down blame, him. blame me. But, you know, it seems like he's lost his confidence, right? This is a roster with good players, but they're just not at that level where you'd expect them to go into the Champions League as of right now, especially playing the way they've been playing lately, right? Which is, you know, guys with injuries being out for one reason or another, the team isn't, isn't into rhythm. And it just seems like it's difficult. Yeah. It's different for this team to do anything. And then when you go into a, a, a pitch, into a stadium, and you just sit back, and it's like you're conceding prior to the ball even being kicked off, it just sends off the wrong message. Yeah, I mean, th there's no, uh, there's no one in this team grabbing the game by the by the scruff of the uh, neck. I tell you, Svetovic came into the game yesterday with a, with a pow dude, with a pow full pow. He came in and my man, he wanted it. But I, I think things became a little bit easy in the second half once Memphis Depay came out at because he had a well, pulled hamstring. That's we all conceded all, conceded possession. Well, he, also. he took away their best player and I think Benfica now could push up, push their defensive line a little bit. Not only had, did they have to come forward to, to seek a goal, to look for a goal, but they also could relax a little bit because they're a fantastic player. Memphis Depay wasn't on the pitch, but unfortunately still wasn't enough. Um, yeah. You know, Traoris did, no. made, did what he wanted to do on that one goal. But credit to Benfica for not just throwing in the towel and uh, saying, you know what, well, see you next it, game. They tried. I mean, look, the, the game second was, half was a lot the, better than the, the first The second half, half for, for sure was a lot better. Um, but here's, the, again, uh, the young players – uh, Tomas Tavares has yet to start a game domestically, but he started he's like 26 <laughs> he, minutes. He, he is he has played 10 unofficial games for Benfica, and he's played 26 all, he's minutes played in the Liga North. <laughs> he's, he's played, played four, four in the Champions, Champions League. League, all nine, all, all four. Nine. There's a there's a breakdown of it: 118 minutes in uh, league competition, and then 360 minutes in the Champions League. Uh, yeah. Competition. So then I'm confusing them with Jota. I, but it might be 118 also with uh, maybe Tasa and oh, uh, and oh, Liga because I also had seen your 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 stat as well. So yeah, for a guy that um, even if we we fielded our best uh, 11, it's still not strong enough. But then we still have these rotations and uh, Thomas Tavares and uh, uh, these other guys sprinkled in there um, that aren't getting minutes with the regular. Uh, starting eleven, so it makes it that much. We're that much more behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, the Champions League this year. Yeah, if there's anything that we have, have, or if the thing, I, I I'm struggling to find the words uh, sometimes because I I've been battling inside my head depression? with with uh, with yeah. This Mifika really gives uh, depression. I know it's no laughing matter. Uh, but it, it's it's sad. It's sad. It's depressing uh, to see the approach that Benfica has in Europe, and we have uh, we have seen uh, firsthand, and you know, and Cristiano, what is it? Three wins out of seventeen games. Three wins out of seventeen games, and two of those wins were against IEK, and then last week's gift, or a couple weeks ago's gift from Anthony uh, Lopes to, yeah. to PZ. I mean, if we didn't have that lost, game, if it, we didn't have that gift, we tied that game. It'd be four ties, two wins, 15 losses. No, 13 losses. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we tied that. Um, no. We tied that game. No, where's, I think it was only one draw against Ajax last season. The rest were all losses and then the two wins from uh, IEK. Yeah, what does it say? 13 ties, 12 ties, whatever it is, 12 draws. Yeah, you, it you posted it on Twitter. I think it was. Uh, 
three three wins out of 17 No, I know. Games. It's three wins out of 17 games. So it's three wins. But you said if they didn't get that gift, there would have been two wins, three draws, and then 12, 12 losses. Yeah. That's what it was. Because that's what it is, right? It, yeah. yeah. Good math skills. Um, so... I don't know, man. I, I again, it it defies all logic, and, and I don't have anything against any particular player, but to put Tomas Tavares and the kid could, I hope he has a great future, a great future and a bright future ahead of him, but to pluck this kid from the juniors and to give him a starting spot in the most important European competition. Um, I don't know. It just leaves me scratching my head. And, and look, I, it's happened when Benfica brought up kids, right? Brought the Ruben Diaz of the world. The mix. No, brought them up and they started on the main squad. But those are guys that had played a year, two years, three years yeah. on the on the B team. On the That's what that's what Alfredo's referring to, is that Tomas Lavar has only got a handful of games on the B team. It wasn't like he had he had a season or two seasons, you know, under his belt. If you listen to Elder Cristobal, yeah, the, the former I was going to mention former that. Benfica captain in the '90s, national team player, um, played at the Deportivo La Coruña, whatever. And then he became the Benfica B team coach. And once Benfica started having success with you know the the Juan Cancelos and the 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 Ivan Cavaleros, uh, Bernardos, and so Seychelles started garnering a lot of attention. They started questioning, obviously, the the main coach, the the coach you know from from that's coaching those young kids. You know what was the trick into getting some of these guys ready to play at the next level? And he would always say. We have a goal here at Benfica. We have a formula that every player has to play a minimum of 100 games before he's ready. I think for the it next was level. Uh, 85. Whatever. 85 I games. Sure was was 80, I thought it was 100. Yeah, 85 was the, the number that was put but out. There was a number, a set number, which was a lot more than 10, 15 you know, appearances for the squad in order to, to, to get the players to the next level. And Tomas Tavares, look, he's a fantastic player. Nice young player, I should say. He's not no prodigy that he just skipped over all those levels to now all of a sudden starting Champions League football. And I understand Andre Almeida is not the same player he was last year. I don't know if age caught up to him or just injuries, but something is not right with Andre Almeida. You could tell he's not the same player physically as he's been in the past couple of seasons. So therefore, it opens the door for this kid to go ahead and grab the position by the horns. But he just positionally, he's not there. As you and I spoke about uh, spoke about this uh, off air, He's a kid that probably hasn't had to defend a lot of, you know, uh, tremendous wingers or, you know, wingers that had maybe a skill set or had the, the physical abilities that he did like he did, you know, like he does now in the Champions League. You saw he got eaten alive uh, on, on the second, was first goal when he crossed it into the middle? Memphis Dupay. I, I forget. He got eaten alive a couple times. Okay. But the fact is he has, he probably doesn't have the, the experience uh, of going up against tremendously talented wingers because where he's coming from a lot of the times, Benfica's traveling, Benfica's the dominant side. He's just you know just running up the flank and attacking, 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 and you can see that he has those defensive liabilities at the next level. So it, it, it's 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 like we mentioned prior years; these kids had to meet a certain number of games, and it just seems like Benfica's throwing that all out the window. I don't know if it's through necessity, if it's through, uh, you know, we need to show these kids to the world. I don't know what it is, but it's just whoever is making the decisions building this team right now is not doing a very good job. Dave, uh, Dave has compiled quite a few stats here. Dave, just um, run through in the past seasons of the Champions League that we have played. Uh, run through some of the names that have played in the in the Champions League that 
weren't guys that regularly started for Benfica. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's go back 2017, 2018 uh, campaign in the Champions League. We had guys like Lisandro Lopez, um, uh, Felipe Agustu, who's now um, now on Rio. We have actually uh, Diogo Gonzalez, Gonzalez and João Carvalho were guys Nilo. that were making that were making uh, uh, Nilo I think was uh, made a, a derby match but not the Champions League um, and then even the year before Andre Horta, uh, Carillo and then uh, a, a young Gedge, uh, he wasn't the Gedge uh, that we see now but they was those uh, were young guys that were making their debuts in uh, Champions League and then the year uh, before that, uh, like Silvio and Carcella. Year before that, Derle, Cristante, Bebe. Like this, I don't think this is a Bruno Lage issue because there's we go back through the years and and this is something that Benfica has done now at least for the past five years where they go and they showcase either these young guys that uh, are coming up from the academy or it's these guys that aren't getting any minutes at all and they're showcasing to get a, a transfer and make some money off them. So I, I don't blame Laj on the, the squad selection because I think there's enough history and evidence there that shows that uh, this is more, this has been going on through at least the past three coaches uh, there. So I think it's coming from uh, further up. But yeah. Dave, the big difference in that is that when you played all those youngsters, like you mentioned, against who, by the way, scored a game winning goal in Atletico Madrid to give Benfica a huge win. Uh, First time that the Atletico had Atletico been lost under Simeone at home. Uh, but the huge difference with all those guys that you just mentioned, Dave, is yes, they were inexperienced. Yes, a lot of us hadn't probably heard a lot about these guys. A lot of these guys are making, you know, their 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 big team debuts. But the big difference is you sprinkle those guys. Yeah, they were the, the Gaetans, You yeah. sprinkle them with the Jonases, with the Enzo, with the Matics. Now you're sprinkling them in with Servi. Now you're sprinkling you know, them in with Almeida. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's totally different, man. Before Benfica had a foundation, they had a group of guys who, you know, seven, eight guys are regulars. You know, you're gonna get out of those guys. You could leave some other guy, but you had the backbone. You don't have that now. Yeah. The, 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 there's no. And that, that's, but that's not on Lodge. That's not on Lodge. That's on that's on whoever is building this roster. Like he I said. Mean, look, the, the, to me, it seems that there's a, there's a clear intent on showcasing some of the young talent, right? Um, so certainly, you're not playing the most experienced guys. You're not playing the guys that have some some veteranship to them. Uh, that I could handle these atmospheres, that can handle the the level of of caliber players they're going to encounter during these Champion League nights. I mean, we're not talking about uh, Manco City here. We're talking about teams that, albeit perhaps middle of the table or top top of the table at their their countries, are still good teams. I mean, you you look at the teams that are in this group, and I know that Lyon has been going through some some struggles, but Zenit, and I know that, that the Russian League isn't necessarily a, uh, one of the top leagues in, in the world, uh, but Zenit is always dominating in in, uh, in the Russian League. Uh, Leipzig has been in the running in the Bundesliga for, for quite some time, uh, and, and Lyon was eliminated by Barcelona last year. This year, they, have, they haven't done all that well, but these are all teams that have experience, have been to these places, play good competition on a weekend, week out uh, basis. So for them to be facing Benfica and the way Benfica approaches the games and Bef the way Benfica rotates the squad, there's this only spells trouble for Look, Benfica. Look, the biggest blessing Benfica's had is also become their biggest curse. 
which is they've had the ability and the fortune and the luck to develop Renato Sanchez, to develop, you know, Juan Cancelo, to, um, Juan Cancelo him too, but I, I wasn't even going to go back that back, you know, that far, far back. The Renato, the Renato Sanchez, Juan Felix, uh, the Geds, right? Yeah. Just, let's just go with those three guys. The fact that they developed those guys and were able to turn around and sell these guys for, 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 for a huge amount of money, right? It's also become their curse because now they swear that every guy that they're <laughs> gonna plug up from the pluck from the B team is gonna be the next guy. So now they have that responsibility to go out there and put these guys out there. So it's been a blessing, but it's also a curse now. It's a blessing when the guys have the ability of a Juan Felix, right? Great, they have that ability. I want to see this guy play. But then when you just pushing guys up through the ranks because you want to showcase them and they're not there yet. doesn't mean that they won't get there one day. Force feeding. Right. But right now those players aren't there. And then you're playing those players in Champions League football. Champions League football is not forgiving. They're not going to no forgive way. you. They're not going to give you any chance. These teams mean business. Uh, front offices from a lot of these teams understand this is an opportunity for them to make money and they take advantage of it. Benfica, on the other hand, wants to take advantage and They've showcase already made their, their players. Benfica has a different way of making money rather than winning games in the Champions League. So, I mean, they use the Champions League and, and it sure seems to me that, that there's there's a showcase going on uh, for Benfica. You want to showcase this talent. And, and when you, as Cristiano mentioned, when you got players like uh, Bernardo Silva, João Cancelo, uh, Andre Gomes, you got players that are now spread out through the biggest leagues in Europe that have come come out from the now famous Seychelles Academy. Whenever a player debuts for Benfica or is in the Champions League, other clubs pay attention. Uh, so you've developed that that uh, that reputation, but now that showcase is now hurting you. In the end. Yeah, because you're running yourself like a feeder club. But yeah, you're pre preaching to everybody that you're 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 one of the big boys when you become a feeder club. Yeah, you have no. to. You have and, what, and what are they doing? What, what do we have to show for? Right? What do we we have the money to that uh, we've made off these these uh, players? But do are they reinvesting it in in, in young and other players coming back into this squad? Right now, we have nothing to show for it. The airport's on its way, bro. Don't worry about it. No, they're, they're, they're currently looking for a site to construct. No, the Porto um, Luz. <laughs> No, that there's no, there's no, there, there's these buys of a lot of money being spent on players who, uh, by no stretch of the imagination, are they world beaters? Uh, I expect Benfica to 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 pay twenty million for a player that's that's a game changer. Oh, so now you're back. RDT, now you're back. Now, now you're no, giving I mean, me. Because I, what I criticized, I criticized that that, that, I criticized that, that purchase. I, I I did, but. We have to remember that because Benfica has just made 120 million with Jean Felix, any player that Benfica now enters negotiation for, there's going to be an inflation of in price uh, because now Benfica's got fresh money. Or you want this player, you're going to have to pay it. Uh, and Benfica's stupid enough to go and to accept these deals for players look, that are, are but, somewhat unproven. But if you really want to put your finger on the topic, right? You want to put your finger on top of what's been going wrong with this club. Goes back to the year Benfica had an opportunity to go for the Pinta and they just relaxed. Yeah. They stopped yep. and in the years Ederson and Lindelof, those guys left. Benfica did not do enough to strengthen their roster. So they made a ton of money then. Don't give me the oh they they then they sold the Juan Fell. Bro, they just the year prior, this club, the the roster on the team 
was poorly constructed. It was constructed so so poorly constructed that football club Porto was able to take away our penta, or you know, an, an opportunity for Benfica to do something they have never done in their history, which is not many things Benfica haven't done in their history. Um, and they had an opportunity to do something, and they just sat back, whether it was through their ignorance, through their arrogance, through whatever the hell it was, right? But they didn't make that decision to go ahead and reinforce the roster. And then what did it? They doubled down the very next year and going out and you know not really strengthening the squad in positions that were of need. They go and spend thirty-seven million on two strikers to team up with your thirty-goal striker. It makes absolutely no sense. And right now, thankfully, Shikinu is back, and hopefully, he's the answer at least for the for, for the league of Nos because we know for the Champions League, it's Sayonara, bye bye. Um, they just you know these guys haven't been good enough. And Benfica still has weaknesses. Right back is a position that for years we've been screaming about strengthening. And, yes, I have here on the podcast said that Andre Almeida is good enough for the Liga Nos, right? He's been good enough. Obviously, Benfica's won titles with him. He's good enough for the Liga Nos. But when you're playing up against the big boys, you're playing against Porto Sporting, and, the, and because that's really the only guys you're going to compete with in, in, in the Liga Nos, you're playing against those guys. Are you playing in Champions, in Champions League football? Andre Almeida is going to be a weak link. So, therefore... They don't spend the money. They got to force feed you a kid that barely has any experience at the senior level in, in Tomas Tavares. And, and then and, you see the deficiencies and you see him getting eaten alive because of his inexperience and Benfica dropping points. So these guys, whomever is making the decisions, bringing in players, building around, you want to bring the coach, the president, Rico, whomever, I don't care, whomever's making those decisions is doing a terrible job. Yeah, and look, I know that some of you are probably listening to this right now. Some guys have have the kind of like the the glass half full type of perspective, right? What are you guys complaining about? We're top of the league. Uh, we're two two points ahead domestically. But here's the thing: Do you want to be the best in your street, or do you want to be the the best in your whole town? Depends what street I live in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's the thing, man. Yes, it's good for the it's good for the domestic league. But are you happy being good domestically, being a team uh, like a, a, a Rosenberg that's that's well known in Norway or, or Denmark or wherever they're from, Brondby? Are you content and just being that domestic team that dominates a country uh, or, or a league that has? three teams capable of doing anything normally, well, maybe two now, uh, or do you want to showcase yourself on a European stage and on a world stage uh, like your name and your your history has shown that you're capable of? So I think it's, it, it, it's within the Benfica DNA uh, that as fans or, or Benfica's DNA, as fans – we have to be more demanding. We can't just settle for mediocrity. Uh, and when you settle for mediocrity, that's what this team is going to give us. So there's got to be a demand. There's got to be a demand on this president to change the, 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 the destiny of this team, the way we're going. I mean, it's, it's incredible today, and we'll talk more about this in, in time added on, Domingo Suarez Oliveira announced that Benfica is will be producing content similar to Netflix 
for just for the club. So behind the, behind the stage, uh, coaching, uh, training facilities on a pay-per-view type of a platform. Really? Th these are the things that you're, I'm a you're fan. announcing? I'm a fan. You're a fan? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And, and I, I'm a I fan. understand I'm a that fan, there's a revenue stream involved no, but in that. But, but see, to me, it's like, I don't even, I just, I like, you know me. I like that behind it. I love, yes. I love to get deep inside in person. But I, I think Completely that, understand. I think that. The but where should your focus no, but be? Your priority should be right now. But I, that's that's not his duty. You know, his duty is marketing. It's to, to get it, the club. To, it, but but the club itself should prioritize strengthening their roster, strengthening their their team's ability to go out there 100%. and representing themselves well in European football. Because then the interest by the public will be there. What they're doing is they're doing everything backwards. They're coming up with the product before having proof of concept. And so they're just hoping that by the time that they go to market, right, that time that they start playing, all that shit is already in place, that then the rest of the world wants to go ahead and subscribe to subscribe to it. Rather you, you want you want good content on that streaming service, put a better field on the uh on or put a better team on the field, right? But see, but I think for Portuguese football, it'll be enough because I, I don't think they're going to put their 5-0 loss against Basel. Like, oh, look, look, PC's reaction in the locker room. I don't think that's what you're going to get. You know what I mean? I think you get very, very, you know, small samples of some of the lesser games or the negative stuff. And then you're going to get an overload of the positive things. That's what I think you're going to get. The but spins. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Obviously, the pricing is a concern. But because, I mean, for me outside, I don't care about the price. For Portuguese people that are, you know, on $400 a month, you know, having to pay $10 for the channel, and now they got to pay another subscription to get. So, I mean, I think it's a little bit of overboard. But that being said, I'm still okay with it. But I would like their emphasis, right? I would like their concern to be on the actual football team, on their results worldwide, European-wise, you know, I should say, to the way that they're looked upon worldwide. Rather than, you know, we're going through tough times. We're being embarrassed. We, I mean, as we stated the numbers, they've been absolutely atrocious in European competition over the last uh, three, four years. Yet they're coming out acting as if everything is fine. Look, there's a new app. You can subscribe to our new app and come on. Uh, you know, it's just like, come on. Like, right now is not the time. Yeah. We're, like we're, tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. But right now is not the time. And going back to that, it, it, it absolutely infuriated me yesterday after, after the loss to Lyon. Brulage comes to his press conference, and, and you could just imagine all of us Benficistas are extremely irritated because we can't seem to get a freaking victory on the road in Champions League football when the whole world is watching us. We crumble, right? And we're all infuriated, and he starts talking about, well, you know, we got a huge game coming up on Saturday against Santa Clara. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 really, that's what you're worried about? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, uh, look, um, it's just like timing, sir, timing. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's definitely the timing of things, because if you want to promote now content that's going to be exclusive, that's going to be pay-per-view, that's going to give I you like an insight. Yes, I I get the premise, the timing of it. I think that you could if you come out, if you're doing Suarez Oliveira and he's a guy that, that holds Benfica's purse strings. Right. Uh, if you come out and say. Um, we're going to concentrate on, on bringing some 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 real value here in the in the in the winter transfer window. I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, no, no, but I'm not because they've said that for the last three transfer no, no, windows, no. they haven't done shit. Right, but 
instead of that, now you could, you know, after the atrocious loss to Lyon and an embarrassing Champions League campaign so far, you come out and this is the you best know what you it shows offer you? me? It shows you that he is absolutely oblivious to what the hell's going on with the club. He just knows because, about the commercial side. Because right now, is look, I'm a fan of it, but you need to think. Right now, like... Right now, you should be hiding. You should be busting your ass for the next time to come out. No, postpone the announcement. No, no, they come out like, yeah, like, like everything is fine. Like, are you like yeah. not oblivious? Are you not aware of what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, are you that stupid? But I just think that they don't care because in their mind, in Benfica's mind, everything is perfect, guys. Yeah. We just sold a 19-year-old for $126 million. We've won five out of the last six campeonatos. We're in we, first place. We're fir- bro, not only are we in first place. We're, we're two points ahead. No, not only are we in first place, but as atrocious of football as we've played, the performance is somehow, some way, which I'm really happy about. That's the only positive thing. We still seem to get three points. But Benfica at this point of the season is has the most points. And there, and since the three point system has come in, this is the most points they've ever had. The biggest at this stage, ten games into the season, they've never had twenty seven points ten games into the season. So to them, everything is fine. You're stupid, and you're stupid, Dave, and I'm stupid, and everyone around the world's stupid because Benfica, we're small. We haven't won a championship since nineteen sixty two. We're we're shit. Yeah, we're being sh- we, we we will be called short sighted. Yeah, everything is fine to them. Yeah, Every, and and so then the until comes that out. Ch- until that changes, then you can continue to see Benfica perform the way they do in the Champions League and 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 a stage that matters for club and brand recognition. Benfica is Benfica is extremely happy with the way things are now. They're making money all over the place. They got teams paying them to come and look at their facilities and learn their formula. They're getting all this hype. Like, look at that. We don't even have to win in Europe. Who gives a shit? Look, we're, we're, <laughs> they still want our content. Everybody wants to come watch us. Look at everything's beautiful. Yeah, you're making a hand uh, money or hand over fist with that, uh, you know. But so this is where the line. Uh, this is where you told the line. Are, are you don't subscribe? Are, are you? Maybe it'll be free. Then I can watch it for free. Yeah. Are you so a you team that um, that depends solely and you live off your success? And when I talk about success, I'm not just Monk League success, but I'm talking about European success. Or are you a team that you measure your success by how you balance your books? Where is that? Where is that line drawn? But I think. But where does Benfica stop yeah, but being I think a by, club? But I think by being successful in the Portuguese league, they'll be able to balance their books because it's 43 million guaranteed. Every well, in the, the you know the stakes are only going to keep going higher. These new deals are going to keep coming in every year and going to be higher and higher. So Benfica is content with the way things are because look, not only am I guaranteeing myself forty three mil, my main rivals in green and blue by me winning the campeonato and I'm in directly forces them to go into a playoff. Which as we saw this year, the blue team wasn't able to get over it. They didn't get it. So now I just got myself a forty three million euro plus TV guy, rights. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I just got a cushion. Look how further ahead I am of you. It's going to take you now four more years to even try yeah. to even get close. It's just they're content with the way things are. I get, but you know, they in, don't care in, in terms of the how they how you run a business. Yes, there, there's a level of satisfaction. Right 
in terms of, of fans, and we could care less how much money the Loja do Benfica is making or if their books are balanced. We care about well, the what's only, being put on the field. The only way this is going to change. And the name of our club. There's only two ways this is going to change. Two ways. And one of them I'm definitely not a fan of. But there's only two ways that this all is going to change. One, which with this one, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with it. Nobody's showing up to games. Which is not going to happen because right now Benfica is more of a commercialization than it is about yeah. fans. But Stay the Lose being empty week in, week out, right? Everyone's showing their displeasure. We're not happy. We're not showing up yeah. until shit changes. And which that one, I'm okay with. The second one, I'm not okay with it. But this one will be the quickest way to change, which is losing. And I'm never going to root for Benfica to no. lose. But the only way things change is lose. Look at how unpleased we were with Rui Bombu, right? And everyone was happy with him because he was winning. And it took for him to start losing in order for things to change. So the only way things will change is if you start dropping points, right? And then everyone's antennas will go up. But until then, like I said, in their history, in Benfica's history, since the, the, the European football changed to three points, the Portuguese league changed, they've never had as many points as they do now 10 games into the season, right? They're making money like crazy. Everyone wants to come and tour their facilities. They're getting pipe because João Felix, 19 years old, 100. Yo, João Felix is sold for more than Cristiano Ronaldo was. Think about that. In his, in his prime. Right now, they have everything to brag about. We're champions. Wow, wow, we're dominated. Look, we won. We got Emirates. We got that. The Popeyes wants to sponsor our stadium. They got everything. Like, they're just, to them, everything is fine. Yeah, and, and you said something about, uh, you know, the attendance at the stadium. And, and yes, And, and that is part of the reason why Champions League games are not well attended because people recognize that there's no there's no good product there. But even you look at the stadium and, and in games and, and the presentation and the, the spectacle that this has, has become. And when I say spectacle, I don't mean that in, in a good way. Um, you got the fireworks before the game to the point that the first 10 minutes of the game as a spectator uh, watching on TV, it looks like the fog at, at the Chopana has Wait, rolled in. That's not fog. No, that was fireworks. <laughs> the, the the fog at the Chopana has rolled yeah, but in. I'm, but I'm afraid to look, man. I see people look up. Am I a fan? No. I don't think Benfica is worried about Alfredo and Cristiano and Dave because Alfredo, Cristiano, and Dave are going to go to the game regardless. They're trying to get Alfredo Jr., who's a baseball fan or a basketball fan, they're trying to get him to go. And they're trying to get uh, Sofia and Rafael and Gabriel. They're trying or to get... Or even corporate clients. That, that's, they're trying to put on a show. And I'm not a fan, but they don't give a shit about me because I'm going to go win or lose. I'm going to go. Whether they got cheerleaders or Cheer boys or cheer monkeys, whatever the hell. I'm gonna go. Cheer monkeys. I'm gonna go. So they don't care about I'd go me. Go for cheer monkeys. They're for appealing sure, man. to the people that aren't going to go. To the people that are on the edge, right, of undecided whether they should go. That's what they the, want. The, the fire is behind it forced? The goals. Is it forced? Yes, but they don't care because you're gonna watch. Look, have you stopped watching? It's believe it or I not, haven't. Exactly. They don't care, but. Dave is probably tuned in because of the fireballs. I'm just using Dave as an example. Dave is probably tuned in. Oh, shit. That's cool. Well, maybe Let the me... cheerleaders. Dave's tuned in for the cheerleaders. Don't I know. was going to say the cheerleaders are not for us either, but yeah, they're trying to market maybe to the corporate guys. I don't know what the, the cheerleaders, but 
they're not. Uh, I mean, they're, guys, not they're not. They're not A plus cheerleaders. We'll oh, put it th- think about this: corporate guys, right? And, and Befica makes a lot of money from the corporate partners, right? For and when you look, and there was a stat that came up that that. Uh, I don't know what the percentage of the population in Portugal uh, was found out from from some kind of a poll that they did. Thirty eight point three six. That they were no, it was it. more than that. It was more, more. Okay, it was over was, fifty. Okay, that that was, six, those are the early polls. Sixty percent of the population were Benfica fans. Weren't? Were? Oh yeah, were. So as a corporation, right, and as a business that now has bought and paid a lot of money for those corporate seats and those luxury uh, suites. It ain't that luxurious. Um, you kind of want, you court, you court your customers by, oh, uh, uh, you're a customer. You want to become a customer? Why don't you come and watch me Fika with, uh, with the corporation? Uh, you know, so all of that, that there's such a huge commercial aspect to, to Benfica these okay. days that if they've kind of gotten away from their identity that we've grew grew up, especially well, what, you and wait, I, Christian. What identity? You're talking about the same dumb people who bring out their cell phones and light it up? I mean, those same people that want to complain about freaking fireworks? I mean, no, obviously, when they come up with any little freaking stunt, everybody in the stadium, you know, volunteers no, and, 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 and enjoying in the cup. So, I mean, look. I'm talking I, about that identity. Do I like it? No, but times have changed. Absolutely. Guys, time, I don't like it, okay? I don't like it. But times have changed. And Benfica is a team that is trying to appeal to the masses, the global masses, right? And you've heard about the changing of the emblem to the, appease the, and, the, the and, Asian market. And I'm not a look, I'm not against it. And I'm not for it. I want to see it. Let me, maybe you got something that's cool. I don't, I, let me see it. I mean, you have to look, you, you can't be, you can't be close minded on everything, right? But, they're trying to appeal to other people, bro. Do I like it? No, but I'm pretty sure some Joaquin Zinho somewhere is tuned in because of fireworks and smoke and girls. and what. It, It's just that's the way the rest of the world is. There's very few places that you go into nowadays that still have that tradition that we grew up on. And it's just but, it, yeah, it's changing. It's, guys. it's losing. Uh, it's losing that it's a lot of that, that identity yeah. from when we grew up. I mean, especially the supporters section. There was tons of flags. Uh, and, and look, I, I the, the, the flag, pyro. I, I understand what, the pyro. But the flags I miss the because flags, that brings man. it a different atmosphere. And now and you got just, the you got the guys on the sidelines, much like that. You have an NFL. The guys that that run across the field with the flags when there's a moment. You know, all of that, it just seems so so plastic. It seems plastic to me. It is plastic, but at the same time, right, to contradict what you're saying, right, not or to contest what you're saying, I should say, if these animais knew how to act, they wouldn't beat each other up with flagpoles, maybe they wouldn't ban flags. You know what I mean? So now you that's complaining, stop beating people up with flags and... You know, you're the reason yeah, why I stop, you know, like it just when they tell you no power, don't put them up your behind and walk them into the stadium and bring it out. Like just so they have to go to some stupid, you know, maybe rules in order. You know, they have to go to the limits in order to keep things right. Because look, in Portugal, it's not like in in in, in, in England, where I can't even believe, believe I'm saying England, but like forget England, in the United States, you go to a game and you me, you sitting there, we're rooting for the opposite teams and walk out, share a beer in Portugal. That shit ain't happening. That ain't happening. Yeah, look, maybe I'm a hopeless romantic in in hoping that uh, that identity and and 
stays with Benfica and the club doesn't do evolve do. into modern days. Do what I do. By football manager, you can set all that up your way. <laughs> just, uh, look, I want all that to come back, but unfortunately, it's not me that's calling the shots, and football is changing, ladies and gentlemen. Right, let's, uh, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, we got Santa Clara this Saturday, 6 p.m. Dave, uh, you got what Santa Clara's been up to? We, we actually yeah. will travel to a source as, as Benfica uh, as Benfica's pitch has now started to to get replaced, so some pictures today on the record. Yeah, so we got to travel away to the uh, Azores, San Miguel uh, Island, but you know, a lot of Benficaistas in uh, the Azores, and a lot of people from uh, America and Canada, I'm sure that are going over to uh, watch that game. So it'll be a a home away from home uh, kind of match for Benfica. But uh, overall, we've uh, played them nine times, eight wins, one draw. And uh, Santa Clara currently in eighth position with uh, three wins, four draws, and uh, three losses. Right. And uh, after Santa Clara, we will then have an international break. We'll be back in action on the 23rd of uh, November against Vizela for the Portuguese Cup. And we'll be away at Vizela. Good thing is that this gives us a nice window, as we mentioned last week's podcast, to replace the pitch, which I believe started today. Yeah. Replacement of the the terrible pitch that only affected me. A hundred percent. Just, just, and I've, I wanted to mention this, but we got so so carried away with our emotions. Right, and we're our only passion. two hour number two. Don't worry. Um, we got time. The the group stages as it stands: uh, Leipzig with nine, Leon with seven, Zenit with four, Benfica with three. Uh, at this point, it, it's probably, you know, I know that it's still mathematically possible that we qualify for the next uh, round of uh, the group stages. But from what okay. we've seen so far, not going to happen. Do we have a chance to make the Europa League? Yeah, of course. With Zenit with four points and, and Lyon will go to Zenit. I think it'll come down to that game, Benfica Zenit. Last game of the, uh, of the group stage. Benfica next plays Leipzig, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Well, but that all depends. If Zenit beats Lyon in, in Russia, uh, they oh, will. Then Benfica has to make it. Benfica has, now Benfica goes to Leipzig. And they have, Leipzig. To, they have to, to, to get at least one point. Yeah. In order to stay alive and then beat like, uh, Zenit the last game of the year and hope. To, to, to have uh, whatever uh, the goals for, whatever yeah. whatever the tiebreaker is, have it in their favor. But, yeah. I mean, look, right now, it's one game at a time. Let's... One practice at but, a time, but, but, one game at a time, we, we one just, day at a time. We just spent the first half hour of the show talking about how we can't really sit here and look into this team because the conventional thinking is out the window because they yeah. do opposites. And now you're asking me to look two games ahead. Come on, Alfred. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who the hell they're going to field in the next, against Santa Clara, let alone against Leipzig and Zenit in the, in the next month. And I, I want to continue to believe in Laj. Um, certainly this this thinking that defies conventional thinking. Do you feel that Laj is burning some of the credit that he built built up? And and, and look, maybe it was just us, you know, I, still in first no, place. No, I think I think I think if you keep up with these because if you keep up with if you keep up with these performances, edit that. If you keep if you keep up with these performances <laughs> in, in, in the Champions League European competitions where the team just looks like they're not even motivated to be there. It looks like they want to be anywhere else but on the pitch. Um, I think people will start to get annoyed. And then he comes up with excuses, as I mentioned before. He's talking about the big game. We got we got to, well, forget, forget this game. Let's worry about the big game on Saturday. Something like, it's like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, let, let's, let's sleep on it for a bit before you start feeding me the lines. And I think at some point, people... I've heard from people already, as a matter of fact, that let's be a little bit more less philosophical and more of a soccer coach. 
You know what I mean? Let's be more of a tactician than you are of, of, you know, some type of politician. And if Benfica doesn't get the results, right, in European competition, I think some people will get annoyed. Now, he's luckily for him and us, it's good enough in the Portuguese league to, to, to keep, you know, getting the three points and accumulating them. And hopefully it's enough at the end of the year that you're ahead of everybody Most else. Most points in, uh, in 10 games in. Mm-hmm. And But I, I just think that the guys like you and I, aren't going to be happy. We're not satisfied. Yeah. The one thing that, that I loved about being a Benfica, and I think this has been repeated 50,000 times, but the one thing I loved about is that we always demanded more. It's just nothing was ever enough. And it seems like now everybody's just content. Oh, because we're, you know, we're not, we're not Real Madrid. You know, like, oh, forget it. Like, like you know, Locomotive, whatever, today playing Juventus, they should have said we're not Juve. Yeah, they lost 2-1, but they lost in the 90th minute. They played a hell of a game, but they didn't think, like, we're not Juventus and we're not Ronaldo. Like, you know, if if if, if people thought that they weren't big enough or they weren't good enough, a lot of people wouldn't do tremendous things. And Benfica fans, it seems like they've been content with just most fans, but there's a group of fans that are content with anything that the club decides, and they're content with just, hey, winning the Campeonato Portuguese and, and moving on. And I think at some point, Lodge will have to put up numbers uh, in European competition, big games, not against the Moncus, or people start getting really annoyed. Yeah. I, yeah. For, on, on his defense, though, JJ built his squad, and then uh, Rui Vitoria got to eat the fruits of that uh, labor, won him two championships, and then when we actually got to see uh, Rui Vitoria's uh, team and his construction of the team, we we saw the the, the fruits of that labor as well. So now, uh, Laj, this is we're still he's coming up to a year with the team. At the end of uh, December, will be a full year with the team. So I think we still have to give him some time and let him construct his team and and bring in the guys that he wants to to bring in uh, and be a part of his squad as well. Yeah, and, and look, in the beginning of the season, there was something in one of the pressers in the ICT uh, pressers that he had was that he was looking to have a, a smaller squad, but also uh, to have competition for every single position. Uh, certainly that hasn't been the case as you look at the depth chart and, and you see who's competing with who. Uh, hasn't been the case. So how much has he also been conditioned by the fact that Benfica haven't been able to, to get players that have made a difference we, we don't know but look as we don't have time we're going to be another two hours because no. guys like you're talking about having time to construct this roster and, and here's the million dollar question did he or did he not have a say in Raul de Tomas and Vinicius acquisition Vinicius he didn't all right did he have a say or not I mean he was no a, I'm, not I, don't, I don't want you to answer I'm just putting out it's a rhetorical question yes and, and like if he you know if he's a part of the team, like Dave said, he has you know let him build his roster. So if, if you're gonna go by Dave's thinking, you know he had a he had to say right because he's building his roster. He had to say so. Those two players haven't been very good, so maybe his judgment is off. So like, do you want to give him the time to build his roster? Because based on his early moves, they haven't paid off. Now, if you want to tell me no, it wasn't his say, so then what are we giving him time for? If 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 he's not gonna make decisions anyway to make his to make his roster, Dave, you you what I'm trying to say. Directly, yeah, but and that's a bigger issue. If he's not, if he doesn't have the say to get the players that he wants, it's coming like a lot of these issues point to people that are higher up that are making more money and have bigger says in the the club. I'm not gonna put all this on on Lodge because we've seen this with other coaches before. This is coming from the top down. Yeah, let's um, 
let's let's wrap this up, man. Um, obviously, there are lots to talk about, games to discuss, uh, emotions, frustrations. Uh, as a Benfiquista, I think that uh, in our it's in our DNA not to be uh, not to just settle, not to be happy with uh, mediocrity. And I think that this is uh, you guys that are listening. It's it's very apparent how frustrated we are. Uh, that there's not a bigger ambition from our, our club in terms of uh, of European competition. Yes, uh, you know the glass is half full. You're leading in the 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 league, so on and so forth. Uh, but I think that as Benfiquistas, we have the the right to to expect more from from our team, uh, and as uh, the support and the passion that we have for the team and the dedication and loyalty that we have for that for for our team, I think we deserve uh, the team to reciprocate uh, that in terms of of results and in terms of of showings and in terms of performances and in terms of how they uh, um, are committed. Uh, to making Benfica a bigger club. That's all we ask. Uh, we're not asking for uh, to bring, it, bring us a, a European championship in the next five years. Nobody's asking that. Just so that we're competitive and that we have a respectful image in Europe. I think that's all. That's not too much to ask. So uh, sorry if it's if it's been too negative, but we just had a lot to say, uh, and, and it's frustrating. And I know that we're coming on after the the, the game uh, against Lyon, so some emotions are still uh, running high. We haven't had time to digest, perhaps. But look, the the reality is that uh, it's 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 an embarrassment. Your European for Mifika has been an embarrassment. And if there's anyone out there that's not embarrassed by what they've seen uh, Benfica do in Europe, uh, then I, I'm not really sure that you're supporting the right club. So it is what it is. We'll, we'll say goodbye here. Uh, next week we'll be back. We'll, we'll recap the Santa Clara game and, and we'll talk about a couple of other things. Uh, but other than that, uh, we'll take a break after that because of the international break. Uh, thanks very much for for listening to us and 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 to, for bearing through some of this bitching and, and ranting section that uh, we just had. Um, don't forget to check out uh, um, podcast.com the website where we keep all our podcasts. Cristiano uh, at Twitter is at ten co ten. Dave at eighty seven do eighty seven. At talking to the doll is is where you can find me at Benfica Podcast. We're also on Instagram Benfica underscore Podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out also Benfica Independent. Uh, there's a lot of good articles that are being uh, written there in terms of uh, of content and in terms of also um, some frustration that's being put out. But not only um, and the articles are not only about football, but there's also some some hockey and, and some modalidad. Uh, don't forget to check out all the the Befica projects that are out there. Uh, and thanks again uh, for, for listening to us. And, and um, we'll see you again next week. Later, everyone.